Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Game Train, episode 44 this time, and we are doing our second Indie-centric episode, Indie-centric 2. Um, and this is where every year we like to do an episode and dedicate it to the culture of the indie games, which is, you know, huge. I mean, it's it's something that's really taken over, and it's coming into its second sort of insurgence since um, it really blew up quite a bit you know it there's a lot of it going on on steam and stuff but on 360 and now with the switch so we're gonna jump into that i'm carl smith i've got callan davison here with me hello you got there eventually there's a lot to talk about and that was just the intro <laughs> um we've also got bits and pieces I'm, I'm jumping into Mega Man x legacy collection real quick today as well and and we're looking at uh, the free games for both xbox and playstation you know members of their online communities so before all that, though, let's uh, jump right into the news. Alright, so Nintendo released a, another Nintendo Direct, this time featuring just Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, which is coming out on the Switch on the, 7th, uh, on the 7th of December this year. Yes. Right, so they showed off two brand new fighters in Simon Belmont from Castlevania, and King K. Rule from the Donkey Kong series. And they also so showed excited. off three new Echo Fighters, which are variations of existing characters in the form of Dark Samus, Krom, and Richter. And Richter is from Castlevania as well. Also, they um, sort of spoke about, you know, numbers of things in the games and stuff, saying, hey, we're going to have over 100 different levels in the game. And there are going to be over 800 music tracks in the game. So they're putting a lot of content into this Smash Brothers, I feel. Nice. Yeah, they are. That is huge. And there's something for all those people that were wondering if there was only two new characters. Well, we've got so, five um, new ones. And I feel like there's going to be another couple more coming yeah. before, the, uh, before the new game rolls out. So we'll see. I'd love to. Like, I hope they just drop new ones in the release, you know, without sort of telling you about it and just going like bam and then people play it and go like whoa there's like uh, four they, or five they new said on the here. direct last night that they're going to show every character's model before the game is out so that won't oh happening. did they yeah damn oh well so much for the world of surprises um yep. however i was pretty surprised by this bit uh the fallout 76 beta which is available which will be available to everyone who pre-orders the game is uh they just announced that it's going to be the full game and your progress will carry through so, so it's that the game. It's a full is game. exciting. It's just a full. You just get to play it early. Yep. That's all. They just. That's that's so good. Um, and that is happening. I don't have the date written down. The, uh, Why do I do that? There's no release date for the beta yet, but the actual game launches on November 14. Ah, oh, no release date for the beta. You mm -hmm. sneaky buggers. Okay, good. No, that's they why said it's not October, there. but we don't know when. Oh, so exciting. Probably the Goodness. same day Red Dead launches, just for something to do. Oh, no. Please don't. Please don't be the only one. Everyone has been so good with avoiding it and creating February 22nd as the new game day. Negan from The Walking Dead is joining the Tekken 7 roster. That is right. Negan, with his fabled bat Lucille, will be in Tekken 7. I can't believe that. That is so weird. Also, it's like... Also, seasons are a thing now, apparently, for Tekken. That's fun. Yeah, so he's coming in season two, uh, and nice. no release date has been announced for that yet. But he, he's uh, coming. 
And he's voiced by Jeffrey Dean Morgan as well, right? Yes, that's right. And is that like really voiced for it? Not just like cutting his lines from Walking Dead or something? I don't know. I could ring up Jeffrey Dean Morgan and ask him for you. Well, you know, I'm seeing him tomorrow for lunch, so I'll just ask. Yep, cool. Awesome. Um, So, I don't know if you guys have heard about this, but there are some new gorgeous looking licensed Joy-Cons coming out for the Nintendo Switch, which, you know, we've been waiting for for ages. So there's like a, a proper Zelda one with this, like this really nice black design and these golden finishes and a really cool Mario one. And they're both kind of translucent. Uh, it's uh, being developed by Hori. They're coming in September the 18th. However, um, they are only the left Joy-Con and there's no matching right sets. They also don't have rumble. They also don't have their own battery, and so they take the battery from the Switch, so you can only play it handheld, and it sucks the Switch's battery out even when it's in sleep mode. Um, so yeah, there's some news for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was so excited. They look so cool. And I was like, yep, done. I'm pre-ordering both right now. And then I read the rest of like the articles and was like, oh yeah, I'll just stick with customs, thanks. God of War's new Game Plus mode will be available from August 20. So those that still hasn't had enough of Kratos' latest adventure, go check it out. So, uh, yeah, harder enemies, new gear, all that sort of stuff. Some of the enemies will have new abilities. Yeah, could be cool. Nice. That'll be interesting if you're uh, into punishment and you like a bit of pain and, you know, there's not enough Dark Souls or Hollow Knight for you. Mm -hmm. Jump into that. That's right. Um, I guess uh, that's the news. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our first monthly Fool Out Awards. (laughs) (laughs) These, these this is the prestigious award that we like to give to the winner. Uh, between the PlayStation Plus, all the games with gold on Xbox, and who has the best collection of games each month. Yes. And like the Academy has their Oscar, Game Train has their Fool Out Award. So, um, That's right. That's right. And yes. Nintendo also might pick up the occasional Fool Out Award along the way too. <laughs> every now and then. Sometimes they just do better than the others. But uh, this month, ladies and gentlemen, for our first monthly one, the nominees are... We have Games with Gold. Xbox One uh, has For Honor, which is the Ubisoft game, uh, which they are very good at their games as a service. So that game has uh, grown and nourished since it released and is uh, actually very popular at the moment. They also have Forza Horizon 2, the one based south of France. Gorgeous game, as all the Horizon games are. Uh, For their Xbox 360 which is compatible uh, with the backwards compatible, sorry, on the Xbox One. They have Dead Space 3, not the best Dead Space, but still a gem. And Epic Mickey 2, The Power of Two. Haven't played that one myself, so I can't really judge. Uh, Now, also, our other nominee, the PlayStation Plus. PS4 has Mafia 3, which was a big hit. Wonderful music, great story, janky-ass gameplay. Uh, and Dead by Daylight, which looks cool and scary, but I've never played it myself. Callan, any experience with Dead by Daylight? I've watched some 
Twitch streamers play it, but that's it. Okay, that's better than me. Uh, and for their PS3 nominees, they have Bound by Flame and Serious Sam 3. Uh, I haven't played either, I have to say. Uh, but now PlayStation has a little uh, extra bit here with their Vida offerings. Draw Slasher and Space Hulk. Now, I haven't played any of those cool. except Mafia 3. So, so gets, thoughts? Yeah, look, I... Look, we, we know that a uh, a very good Nintendo Switch demo took it out last month. We do. Because um, the offerings weren't, weren't so good. This is a bit of a stronger month. It's a, very, it's a lot stronger than last month. Look, I'm going to have to give it to... Uh, I'd have to go with the Xbox on this one. Um, yeah, for, no, for Honor's a great game. Like That, that game is awesome. Oh, it is. Um, and a Forza Horizon game for free. It doesn't matter which one they give you. They're all quality. Yeah. So true. So, so true. Um, and, you know, so we'll still have to come up with a system for when we disagree. Uh, however, I agree with you completely. Yeah. Uh, and even I'm even going to get Dead Space 3 because I loved 1 and 2. And um, I played a bit of 3, but I never finished it. But I remember enjoying it and not understanding why everyone hated it so much. But, you know, For Honor and, and Forza Horizon, just just wonderful, wonderful mm-hmm. offerings. So um, yeah. this month is Full Art Award goes to games with gold and well, xbox well we go. done. and actually i think nintendo will be joining the fray from september onwards when their online service does launch because it looks like they're going to be putting a bunch of games on their subscription service which are old classics so that's going to be interesting how that goes into Ooh, the mix too that will be interesting yes. we'll have to figure out a tiebreaker type thing Ooh. if we ever disagree but uh for now easy one yep there it is ladies and gentlemen All right, so uh, that brings us to games we've been playing. Now, we've been playing a heap. We've been smashing them, but we'll talk more about that a little bit later when we get to our main piece of the episode. But firstly, I really want to jump into um, Mega Man X Legacy Collection 1 and 2 because uh, Capcom were kind enough to send us a copy to um, to review and check out, which is something I've been hype about for a long time. Huge Mega Man X fan. Um, really love them. Another one of the uh, the fabled games tattooed on my arm. Actually, um, as a funny fact, this franchise takes up most of the space of my entire tattoo. So there's a lot of love there. We also got the Mega Man Legacy Collection 2, just normal Mega Man, uh, as a slight mistake, which was uh, a funny, happy accident. So I got to try a bunch of those. They're a bit older, but... Uh, you know, that was fun, but that's not what I'm going to talk about. So, Mega Man X Legacy Collection 1 and 2. Let's just say there is a very, very clear divide. And Mega Man X Legacy Collection 1 is by far the one that's going to stay in the top 10 for a while, I think, on the Switch uh, listings. Uh, I don't know about the others, but uh, we did try the Switch version, I should say. This is also out on Xbox and PlayStation. Um, I had a lot of fun. This was This is so good on Switch. I got it just as I went on a big tour to the snow, and I really enjoyed just jumping in and out of Mega Man X. Um, one, two, and three are awesome. They feel great. The The design was flawless back when the game was out. They're just such good games. Uh, I've, I've spoken at length about Mega Man X before on this podcast and how I feel about it, and they look and feel perfect on the Switch, especially in handheld mode. Now... Part 4, which is also on the um, Collection 1, 
it loses some of the charm. It's not quite what 1, 2, and 3 is. Is that when it moved to PlayStation? Yes, it is. And it, it, the controls became like sluggish. And a game that's as precise and as difficult as Mega Man X, you want like perfect controls. And like just the boxes of where your character is is kind of unclear. And I, I don't know, it just kind of loses. They look cool. But yeah. And then... On Mega Man X Legacy Collection 2, we go full PlayStation. And there's like 5 and 6, which are kind of very much like 4. And then 7 and 8 have like like uh, cutscenes with awful voice acting and very like full animated anime bits, which was really interesting. I remember like being really interested in those back in the day when they came out, but I couldn't obtain them. I couldn't find copies of them. Uh, so I never got to play them. And then trying them now, I'm just like, woo, these just didn't age well at all, unfortunately. Uh, what is really cool, though, on both collections, they have, like, all this really cool unreleased art. Some of it also released, but a bunch of unreleased stuff you can look at, uh, music you can listen to. There's even, like, pictures of action figures and models that came out. So it's really cool, like, um, just a little little, like, history tidbits in there. Yeah, for for fans, but I I have to say that the collection one is such a big standout that I kind of wish they just fit all eight games in one collection. It would have been like such a surefire hit. But splitting mm-hmm. it this way, it's it's weird because it's not like, ooh, which one are you going to buy? It's like just get one, and two is completely skippable, in wow. my humble opinion. Yeah, unfortunately, they just they don't play like one to three like. And it is worth mentioning but that Part 3 is the Super Nintendo version that also came out on PlayStation, but um, most fans really like the Super Nintendo version one better because a lot of little reasons, but mainly it's because of that tight, really cool gameplay and it just looked a lot more crisp, like the, you know, the sprites were just really beautiful. But yeah, so Collection 1, what a game, a must-own, especially on the Switch, but on anything you're playing it on. Collection 2 you know, do it at your own risk. But uh, I'd say it's probably skippable. Okay. But yeah, that's uh, how I feel about those. Cool. Rock and roll. Um, let's uh, let's jump in to our our topic and our what this whole episode is about, the indie games. Yes. All right. Well, I thought we'd go over quickly first what is an indie because we had someone write on our Facebook page asking what an indie is. Yeah, which, I mean, it's so easy for us to forget about all that as, you know, like, hardcore gamers, and we just, like, we live and breathe gaming, but not everyone, like, mum and dad, and some people that are just casual players that just play, you know, card here and there, and yeah, not everyone really knows. Well, I found this on the internet. Um, an in, in independent video game, or an indie game, is a video game that is often created without the financial support of a publisher... Although some games funded by a publisher are still considered considered indie, so yeah, mm. um, generally there are a lot smaller teams as well. You know, sometimes yes. there might be like two to twenty people working on this little game, or like Stardew Valley, just the one, just the one. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So um, that's probably the best way to sort of go about there. They're the ones without your big massive budgets, smaller teams. That, but sometimes they can produce absolute gems as well. And they're the ones that take the biggest risks because they don't have, like, 
millions and millions of dollars of budgets and you know like shareholders and things so they do the you'll find the indie games are usually the ones with the quirkiest kind of gameplay the strangest concepts or sometimes even the ones with the most um controversial stories and yep. you know they they're the ones that really they'll do things about like cancer and depression and suicide and blindness but then they'll do like crazy quirky puzzle stuff or like Explosion Man. Remember that? I never played Explosion Man. Oh my god, Explosion Man was sick. And then there was Mrs. Explosion Man. It's it's hard to usually I mean as a gamer, once you get into it, it's kind of quick and easy to pick an indie game. But funny how recently like a lot of um your AAA or your AA titles are starting to follow through and kind of take some of that indie charm and try and put it in the bigger games because they've just been winning so many hearts in the last, you know, decade or so. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, just try and tap into that audience. Be like, hey, we can do that too, guys. Yeah, I mean, just like, uh, you know, last episode's feature game, Octopath Traveler has a real indie game vibe to how they're like throwing back to the old school and making it gorgeous. Mm. Yeah, I mean, so... We just smashed indie games this last couple of weeks just to try and, you know, mostly recent ones. We even tried some slightly older ones, but, you know, just to get into the vibe of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Did you want to kick it off? Yeah, sure. So uh, I tried Hand of Fate 2. Now, we saw this game at uh, PAX. PAX last year. Yeah, really uh, It's probably the biggest indie game they had at PAX. It had, like, the biggest sort of area for it and stuff. So this mm. game... Uh, was developed by Defiant Development and published by Defiant Development. Um, it's been out for a while on PlayStation, Xbox One, and Steam, but it's only recently just come to the Switch. So I tried the Switch version because I'm like, yep, you know, Switch, Indies, they're like, go hand yeah. in hand. It's like the home of Indies now. Yeah, yeah. So Hand of Fate is sort of like, is this like sort of RPG with all these sort of, I guess, random elements sort of put into it like you sort of um dealing with this person it's almost playing like tarot cards at you and then each card that they play does different things and it's kind of random each time so you okay. sort of move around on this board of cards and then each card will be a different thing whether it's like a little thing how hey, you stumble across a person on the road and then you can help them or leave them and then you might get like you know um a bonus weapon for helping them or something like that. So or it might you're be, like playing Dungeons and Dragons with like a dungeon master sort of thing. Is that kind of the vibe here? I, I, I guess you could say that. Yeah. Um, but then there's, yeah, there are dice rolls as well. Like, you know, it could be like you're doing like, uh, you, you, you pick up a card and it's like, oh, you're doing a, um, a strength test, you know, like, um, gosh, I can't even remember that words at the moment um okay and so like these dice they determine like your yeah, accuracy yeah, in the shot of arrows win, or whatever determine if you win or lose etc etc and then yep, do cool. it, then you'll go into like um there's like other cards which are just battles and you're just running around like a little area and there's bad guys that you fight and you fight bosses and and things like that as well Okay, so can you see your characters running around and stuff? Or is it like a it, series it, it of pictures? In those modes, yes. But in like the one where it's like, oh, you know, you're doing this strength test in a tavern or whatever. It's more of, yeah, an arm wrestle. Ugh, an arm wrestle oh. in, a, in, a, in a tavern. Uh, it's like, it's just descriptive words on the screen. 
Okay, okay, cool. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. And, okay. and then, like, you can, yeah, it depending on how you go, you know, if you lose, something bad might happen, you win, something good might happen. Or, yeah, there's all these sort of things of chance in the game which sort of changes how the game sort of unfolds for you. Nice, nice. Are mm. you are you alone or are you in a party? Uh, you just control one character. Sometimes you have random helpers with you as well. Okay. That come in, they have, like, abilities that you can sort of trigger off with a push of a button. Uh, and do you what, level up and stuff, like RPG style? Uh, you get better weapons and armor and, and things like that. Um, okay. Sometimes you get blessings, which sort of are like little perks as well. Nice, um, nice. You All might right. get gold after each go or food after each go and things like right. that. Uh, one thing that sort of did bother me about this game, though, is that like... So I think there's like 20 to 25 different sort of like zones that you go to, like sort of like chapters that you play in the game. Okay. And um, each chapter's like, you know, a certain amount of cards go onto the board and, you know, it goes on from there sort of thing. And, you know, I got uh, a couple of times I got right to the end of a couple of chapters and died in like in the part where my character's fighting. And then I had to go all the way back to the start of that chapter again. Wow. So it'd be like a good 20 minutes and I go all the way back and I'm like, yeah, it was a bit frustrating and you don't keep any of like the stuff that you earned down the track sort of thing. It's a bit, a bit road-like, roguelike, I should say. Uh, no, not, oh yeah, I, I guess. (laughs) This game's true. It's like a text adventure, roguelike. Dungeons and Dragons, like oh, I just felt it was very punishing because it, it oh, is all man. on games of chance, and you get a dice roll wrong, then you get like health taken off you, off your main character. Then you go into a battle following that, and you're like at a disadvantage. It does it, it yeah, it got a little frustrating at times. So, do you think it leans a bit more into chance than strategy? Is that kind of the vibe? Uh, yeah, and then you can choose if you want to take a risk with things. Like, there'll be okay. times when four cards will come up and you'll see them and it might be three of them will say success and one will say fail, right? So you're like, all right, I've got a three in one chance of passing this. So yeah. it, it randomly shuffles the cards and then you have to choose one and it will come up on the screen. And then you go, all right, I've got a success. And then I might go, right, but then you could get a bit more gold if you go again. So then they put two successes uh-huh. in there and two fails in there. So you go, yeah, right, I've got a 50-50 chance, and then goes again. Like, So it's got a bit of that that you can sort of okay. choose That's if you want to... Cool. Don't really want to go in for that kind of thing, which is which is yeah. nice. It's a bit of I a like, risk. It's a kind of exciting. Reward sort of thing, yeah. Now I have to ask, because this feels so um, gamble Ish. Is there, there's no money in here, like uh, microtransactions or anything no, like that? No, is there? no, you, know, you buy okay, the game, that's, that's the game. There's no, like, you get, like, bonus luck or, or anything like that or an extra role. Like, you earn blessings in the game from completing objectives or doing things, and one might be, like, an extra roll of the dice and things like that, which is super helpful, by the way. <laughs> yeah, nice. I uh, imagine it would be. Yeah, because uh, as it is, you get to roll the dice twice, or you get to choose which ones you want to re-roll. Okay. But then sometimes you get an extra roll on top of that again, which is really nice, especially if you're just missing out by like one and you're like, I just need to get one more. 
Nice. It yep. sounds really interesting, actually. It, it's quite good. And yeah, Defiant Development are an Australian dev team, actually. Um, are homegrown. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So I thought, yeah, I'd jump in and do a bit of homegrown indie there. So that's Hand of Fate 2. So it is out now um, on all your major platforms. Awesome. Hmm. Um, well, I jumped into a, a charming little thing called Bomb Chicken. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> when you messaged me, he goes, I'm going to play Bomb Chicken. I'm like, what? <laughs> I just, you know, we were looking through, like, and the list on this damn Switch library of just indies is, like, incredible. It's huge. Yeah. I think I read somewhere that there's nearly 900 games out on the Switch already. Wow. I, I, and I know people that go, insane? oh, the Switch doesn't have any games. <laughs> yeah, like, well. Um, that is just not a problem anymore. This is the new PS2. Remember when it was just like churning games? Yeah. Um, well, anyway, so I, I saw Bomb Chicken and it just looks really charming. I've been seeing the name pop up everywhere, like just, you know, scrolling around different websites and on Facebook and things. And so I'm like, well, let's see what this is. It it looks really ridiculous, but kind of super charming. And then as soon as you jump in, it's like, it's immediately charming. Like, it really feels like like a lot of games are doing the uh, 16-bit and 8-bit sort of thing, but this has, like, a real hold on that uh, Super Nintendo era where the pixels are a little bit, like, bigger and the the animation is very fluid and everyone's constantly moving, you know? Like, there's this real cartoony life to everything. Um, it's actually quite funny. This The concept is super simple, but really fun. Like, there's no jump button. You're a side-scrolling chicken. You were born with the ability to lay bombs instead of eggs. Okay. For some reason. You can lay as many as you want. Um, and But they'll kill you if you stay next to them. So, oh. so if you're on, like, you're on, a, you know, it's like platforming. But if you want to jump up onto the next sort of, if there's, like, a step, you can't jump. So you have to lay an egg so you're high enough and then run away before the bomb explodes. Wow. Um, and then, but you can like lay a bomb, jump away from it and kick it, just like in Bomberman. You okay. know, you kind of run into the bomb and it slides across. Can um, you upgrade these bombs in any, any way? Uh, now, I've played for several hours, but none in a way that I've seen that you can upgrade the bombs. I, I imagine you could. I know I have upgraded my health a few times because you collect these blue gems. Okay. It kind of reminds me of um, Celeste where you can just go through a level or you can go through it and collect all the gems. And... If you die, you respawn on that same screen because there's a lot of dying. Oh, because, right. It's one of those games where you're going to die a lot. Yeah, it's not like as crazy hard. You know, you don't die like hundreds and hundreds of times, just dozens of times. But it's for simple reasons as you think like, oh, I'll just jump. Oh, God, that's not jump. I made a bomb. And every, literally every button besides the direction button, uh, direction buttons is a bomb. Like Are they a, different B, X, types of bombs or there's only one type of bomb? Just one type of bomb. Um, if you're pressing like left or right trigger, uh, a shoulder button, A, B, X, Y, any button is all bombs. You just okay. make bombs. There's no other thing. So, uh, but you can make as many. So you can like keep tapping it and make a really tall tower to get you up really tall places. Um, they topple over if, if you're on like a, um, you know, like a belt that moves you forward. There's all these kind of like weird, quirky puzzles. Um, but they're not too hard. It, it's like... It's pretty forgiving. It's not Celeste hard, but mm-hmm. um, 
it's I just love that the puzzles get intricate really quickly, but you get really good at them naturally. So it's okay. one of those games where instead of leveling up, you're kind of just getting good. You know, like Dark Souls, where then you come back to like early puzzles and you're like, well, this is easy as. How come I was even struggling here? And you learn to like jump over bad guys by like laying three bombs and then fluttering over them. And yeah, uh, it's it's a lot of fun and it looks really charming. And I think it's going to be a really fun one to just pick up kind of anywhere, bus rides and whatnot and have a go of. So I'm actually really into it. I'm a huge Bomberman fan. So I like the idea of using bombs and puzzles and kicking them forward and timing things right to knock down things or kill enemies. And uh, But mixed with the charm and the animation and this fat chicken walking around. And if you blow up normal chickens, they just, they turn into like roast chicken just <laughs> randomly. Like it's just really cute. So yeah, Bomb Chicken, it's uh, developed and published by Nitrome. I hope is how you pronounce that name. But um, yeah, that's out right now on the Switch. Check it out. Uh, is I it on know. anything else or just Switch? Uh, you know what? I didn't even check to be completely honest with you. Cool. Yeah. No problem. It's definitely it's definitely out on the, uh, uh, on the old Switch. Switch. All right, cool. <laughs> uh, I tried uh, Moonlighter. Right? I ah, heard this about this great. game through a couple of different people. Um, it is uh, developed by Digital Sun and published by 11-Bit Studios. Uh, it is out on the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Macintosh, Windows, Linux, um, and it is coming soon to Nintendo Switch. So, nice. Moonlighter is a uh, it's a dungeon crawler RPG, but the twist, or the gimmick, is that you also um, own a shop. You moonlight as a shopkeeper. Okay. Right? So, pretty much how the game goes like this. You go into a dungeon, you, uh... So, yeah, by night you're a dungeon crawler, by day you're a shopkeeper, right? So, at night time you go into the dungeon and you kill enemies, and they drop materials or, or bits of weapons or, or you know, things, whatever. All t- types of things. You find artifacts, all this stuff. You drag all the gear back to your shop. You set it all up in, in your shop in, like, little displays, right? During the day you open the shop... You put prices on everything. People come in and they buy buy your uh, your wares. This sounds really cool. You you actually play that. Uh, you play the, as a shopkeeper. That's the half shopkeeper of the game. In all those games. That's and then, so, so cool. you, you get more money, and then you can make a bigger shop so you can display more items, and then you then can use that money or or materials you find to upgrade your own equipment so you can get into harder, further dungeons sort of thing, and then get more rare equipment, bring it back, sell that. You know, and all these sorts of things like this. This game is going to make me think differently about every shopkeeper I meet and all these big RPGs well, now. Well, I'm sitting there, I'm like, all oh, right, so these uh, these steel poles look look rare, and I pop them down, and I put, like, you know, $100, and people, like, frown at them if it's too expensive. I'm like, oh, shoot, it's a bit expensive. Oh, so, so I put them up the for, price. like, $10, and then there's another, like, animation where their, their eyes light up, and they'd get it for super cheap. It's like, what? I could have charged you more and you would have bought it? So it's about getting oh. your pricing right, whether it's too expensive wow. or too cheap. So I felt like I was like the bargain guy. Like, you know, the guys from like Bargain Hunter or whatever come walk into my store and go, look at this idiot. He's selling all this rare stuff for super cheap. They buy it all <laughs> off and go make a mint. Oh, no. <laughs> so you've just given in. Uh, but yeah, so that's how the gameplay goes. It's just set over days. You go into the dungeon. You try and get as far as way 
through the dungeon as you can, come back to town, do your shop stuff, get your money, upgrade, whatever, go back into the dungeon again. Nice. And is the dungeon like, um, uh, do you save your spot or do you start again each time? You start again each time you go in. Yeah. And is it randomized or is it like... Yes. uh, Okay, cool. Cool. Uh, It's very like, uh, remind me a lot of the old Legend of Zelda games, like Legend of Zelda 1 and Link to the Past, that sort of style of old dungeon. Oh, nice. And you go nice. in, you kill bad guys, and they open the doors and, and things like that, you know. There, there are bosses like as well that. That, that you fight. Okay. But if you if you die down there, you lose all your gear. Oh, that's very much like the Stardew Valley dungeon crawling. Mm. It's very similar. But yeah, it was, it was a super fun game. Like, it's, it's, it's great. It would, be, it would be great when it comes to the Switch. Because oh, the I game, can't wait. The game's like time goes in days and it's like well you know you might do like one or two days and then you might put it down or whatever like it's a great perfect one for that nice okay again that really sounds like stardew as well this is yeah and i'm a huge fan so yeah I'm no so it's too. uh it's a it's a lot of fun just setting up your shop and it's like you know you, you start figuring out pricing and things and then sometimes items will be more in demand so you might be able to charge a bit more or you've sold a lot of one item thieves will then try and steal stuff so you got to try and you know get rid of the thieves that come in, try and steal stuff off you. Nice. Okay. And so, and your gear and weapons, is that stuff you find and you can like choose to either use or sell, or is there like specific um, stuff for you? You find just more materials and things like that. Um, this is from my experience. of it. And then you open up, like you sort of give money to these other people that open up like a weapon shop and a potion shop. And you can go down to the weapon shop guy and go, right, here's my sword. And here's this coal and here's a string. And here's like, 200 bucks can you upgrade my sword to like better sword and or you can get him to make you better boots and stuff so it's sort of just you get materials ah. and you give it to this guy you know a certain amount and then you get making your gear or upgrade your present gear then you go to the lady and she might um enchant your gear or, or or you buy potions off her wow that's super cool yeah what a cool fun premise yeah it's a, it's super fun and i found myself getting like right into the shop stuff and it's like Oh man, I've got to shut up shop. Damn, I guess I've got to go to the dungeon again today. Oh, <laughs> nice. And you're like, uh, dungeon stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm just picking up everything from the dungeon and taking it back. And then, like, later on, you can open up a portal. It costs money to use the portal. But it's like, eh, I want to get all this stuff back, put it in my chest, and come back in the dungeon because you've only got a certain amount of stuff you can carry on you. Of course. Yeah, but okay. I was just like, yeah, and other people that I spoke to the game about, they're like, no, don't pick up everything. I'm like, everything must go. I'm taking everything, <laughs> selling it in my shop. Oh, so good. All right. That yeah. sounds really interesting. Yeah, so that's Moonlighter for anyone that, uh, that's interested in that one. Um, and did you did you say or did you have when it's coming out on Switch again, sorry? Uh, no, it's coming soon on Switch. Oh, uh, soon. It looks okay. like around September. All right. Oh, yep. no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Yeah, September All right. that month. Dang. Okay. Uh well, I jumped into uh, another game. This one is a one that I just got recently on the Switch and this one's a slightly older one but they just released it. I don't know how to pronounce it officially. It's a uh, Lumens or Lumines. Okay. One of those two. Uh and it's uh it's like a puzzle game like um straight up blocks like a Tetris type puzzle game. Um, which I feel gets used a lot to describe these kind of games, but I really think that this one... I never got a chance to play it early. It originally came out on the PSP. Mm-hmm. It was um, uh, developed by Q Entertainment and Mobcast and published by Square Enix. 
Uh, and it's been on heaps of stuff since. Like it's been on PC, PS2, PS3, uh, the Vita, Xbox 360. It's been on mobile phones, uh, Android, iOS, whatever. Um, and so it's just come out on the Switch. And I thought, all right, I've heard people talk about this saying like, oh, yep, next best thing since Tetris. Um, so I jumped on and thought, I'll just have a look. And I'm a massive Tetris fan. I love that game so much, as many of us are. Uh, but I can fully safely say that this is probably one of the first true Tetris contenders in, like, decades. This thing is... I just picked it up to have a go, and I, I was on a flight, a three-hour flight, and I didn't put it down until the, f- the plane was landing. <laughs> and I didn't even realize I played just this block puzzle game that one I'd never even known before so like it's kind of easy to get lost in Tetris because your brain just knows how to play it and you just click and you're like all right I'm you know I'm hooked but it's not as easy to do that with a brand new concept or new to me and I was just like completely lost in this and I just loved it and I had um, my buddy Tuan next to me um, we were traveling together and I barely spoke a word to him except to say like look how cool this is except it doesn't look very cool on the screen. It's just squares. <laughs> but when you're playing it, like, it's all, like, it, it's so hard to explain why it's so cool. Like, you, so you have these blocks of uh, four squares, which create a block of, like, a single square. Um, but there's all different colors and different combinations of colors. So they don't, they don't make different shapes like Tetris, like an L or a Z or whatever. It's just, it's always a square made of four squares. But, um depending on how you drop them on other squares, like one will slide up or, you know, slide across and all that kind of... Very hard to describe unless you're actually playing it. Uh, But it's all to music and everything is kind of like you play it within the rhythm and you have to beat like this. There's this sort of ongoing uh, line across, kind of like when you're recording something, just like the interface of us recording this podcast right now. But there's a line sliding across the screen uh, which, you know, covers the screen every four bars and comes back and you have to quickly make these shapes before it happens and once you've set up your shape the line covers it up and then counts your score and it just kind of keeps going in this rhythmic hypnotic motion um which is just super fun but then not only that they've got like these weird recreate a shape puzzle mode where they give you like this they're like this is a dog and it's hardly a dog it's just a bunch of squares that are mildly look like a dog kind of like a balloon animal representation and you have to copy it on your screen and like complete these challenges in only a certain amount of moves goodness i can i can just kind of hear how hard it is to describe if you've never played it but um yeah i'm saying something about balloon animals no i'm joking <laughs> no, <laughs> it's no, dog balloons not cuphead. from uh, cuphead not no. cuphead <laughs> away from the dog balloons uh but yeah it's it's really fun i had a lot of fun and i kind of wish i jumped on back in the day cuz i had a psp but I was way too cool at that age. I would have been like, <laughs> puzzle games, Tetris, nah, man. I only play, I don't know what was, Burnout or Tekken. <laughs> yeah. You know? So, yeah, just hey, too cool for puzzle right, games. I might have to have a look at this one sometime. Yeah, it's it's really fun. I'll even, I'll, I'll let you um, have a go of mine if you haven't downloaded it, you know, by then because it's just a hard one to spend money on at first because you think like yeah is there a, is there a demo or anything or i don't think so i'm oh. but you know it is on ios and android so there's probably free ones or like one dollar versions but i don't okay. know how well it would play on the touch screen because like having those solid buttons are so solid because you're slamming down things just like tetris but it's a hard sell because there's so many tetris clones or like those type of games yep 
and and they just don't translate. But yeah, I really like this one, and I found myself spending a whole lot of hours on it. So <laughs> um, yeah, Lumens or Lumines. Nice, rock and roll. Right, I tried a uh, another indie title, Salt and Sanctuary. It's called. Uh, okay. This game is developed and published by Scar Studios, and it is a two D action role playing game. Pretty much, this is two D Dark Souls. I'm not even joking. Wow. All right. So more so than Hollow Knight. Oh yeah, yeah. In terms of, okay, so you're you're a guy. You're sort of in this this land where sort of instead of souls you get salt right okay. and um there are sanctuaries that you rest at and and get your health back and your health pots and things like that and you you've got equipment so you've got swords um you know shields armor and all that then you've got a weight limit and then you can roll in the game just like in dark souls but just like in dark souls if you're over that weight limit your rolls are going to be half as viable or you won't be able to roll at all Wow, um, cool. Okay. Yep, it, and it's one of those ones that yeah, you got to build up. Um, you got to kill enemies, get salt, and use that salt to upgrade your character. Actually, it's it changes a bit here because the um, the upgrade um, screen reminded me of the uh, sphere grid from Final Fantasy X. Oh, I love the sphere grid. Yeah, as soon as I looked at it, I went, that's Final Fantasy X's um, sphere grid, because at the start of the game, you choose a class, so there's like paladin, warrior, cleric, mage, you know, all these different wow. classes. Okay, anyway, okay. so I started as the paladin, but then I felt myself going maybe across to the clerics bit for like a heal and stuff. Okay, oh yeah, of course. Off the, and then I, I could move across to the warrior side if I wanted, or the hunter side if I wanted to. But I just sort of expanded out over this grid of circles. <laughs> um, nice. Okay. Up, up Very the, up Final sort of thing. Ten. And yeah, you can upgrade yeah. like your strength and your like endurance and dexterity and, and things like this. And yeah, if you die, you go back to the last sanctuary you rested at, but you drop all your salt and your salt is on the last creature that killed you. So you got to make your way back to that creature and try and get your salt back by, by killing them again. Okay, yep. and if you die on the way, it's gone forever. Correct, sort of thing. Yep, almost cried yep. when I lost like five thousand salt at once. This oh, was no. this was at a time in the game when it was about four hundred salt for me to level up. Oh no! Yeah, and yeah, I got a bit too. Oh yeah, I could just walk around. You know, I'd killed a boss. I'd done this. I'd done that. Hadn't gone back to a sanctuary. Died. I went. That's cool. I can get back. Oh no, I died. Oh. Acting, acting too confident. The yep, old yep. Dark but Souls. It, it is, it is excellent. This is the closest thing to a two D Dark Souls that I've played. Like people wow, go, oh, it's a Dark Souls. Like this, this is two D Dark Souls right there. That's so. Like I mean, people just they say you know Souls like game all the time at the moment, yep. especially like yep. well, no, this, Hollow Knight this, was a big this one. This is Dark Souls on the Switch two D. Wow, and visually, what is it like? Dark and gloomy. It, it's dark and well. gloomy. But it still looks nice. Like it's got sort of cartoony more graphics than like realism okay. graphics, I guess. Um, is it pixel art? You, you fight, you fight like... some cool bosses. The bosses are massive. Bosses are interesting. Nice. Okay. Cool designs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like really cool design bosses. Um, some not that hard. Others, yeah, a bit of a challenge. But you know, you learn their patterns and things like that. They they normally change up at about halfway through. Nice. Okay, as you do. Yeah, yeah. So it's a it's a challenging game. It's not easy. Um, it, it's fun. It's it's re- it's really really good. 
I've, I've really enjoyed it. And it is out on the PlayStation 4, Windows, Mac OS, Linux, Divider, and the Switch. Wow, nice. Yeah. All right, I'm going to have to check this one. I'm, I'm a bit of a pansy when it comes to the old Souls games. Yeah, I was, I was trying to get you to play this one, but I didn't want to give too much away what it was. Because I, uh, I, I thought you might get scared off by it. But it is it is really, really good game. It's like... Yeah, you can grind for a while if you want to make yourself stronger to make challenges easier. Like I've done, I admit I've done a bit of that. Yep. Of or like course. I, I'd okay. be like, oh, I want you know that next level of the spell, or or be able to use like level three maces or whatever. So I grinded a bit to you know push myself up to the next bit. But yeah. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Because I mean, the world over was just like enthralled, and you know taken by um hollow knight and it just it just didn't grab me and i tried and i tried mm-hmm. it just definitely has a different feel to what hollow knight is okay um, i am keen to try it yeah it does sound um, really and there's cool. some little metroidvania things like sometimes you might need to get a new ability to get across a thing okay and when you say like get across, like is there like jumping around platformy stuff or is it m- uh just there's traveling? a little bit of platforms that you jump on yes yeah oh, okay Yep. Cool. Um, but right. yeah, this was just uh, to get across these bigger gaps that you had to get an ability to be able to do it and stuff. Nice. And the actually the ability that I found was really cool too. What do you? So, is it a spoiler to elaborate? On oh no! It's, it's like this obelisk, and you go up to it, and with this new ability, you then go um, upside down, and you're on the roof. Oh, nice. Okay. Yep. Wow. Yeah, so, yeah, a really, really cool game. Uh, I, I, uh, I'm really enjoying it. And then you can sort of, I guess, um, put extra things into these sanctuaries that you rest at. So you can put a merchant in there, or you can choose to put, like, a traveler in there, and he can, like, fast travel you to other sanctuaries. Or you can put a blacksmith in there if you want to upgrade your weapons. So you get choices on how you want to outfit your sanctuaries as well. Okay. So there's a bit of choice going on there. Uh, I recommend, if you do play this game put the traveler guy in all of them. It just makes getting around so much easier. And you can normally put about three things in there anyway. So, you know, you can just fast travel to your blacksmith one if you want. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's uh, that's Sultan Sanctuary, a very, very good 2D Dark Souls-like game. Bam. I am. I'm actually pretty keen to try that, and I mean, I might go running around with my tail between my legs, but it's always worth it, you know, a shot anyway. Yeah, it was funny because I got through the first bit of the game without even realizing there was a roll button. Wow. Okay. Yep. I must. I missed the um, the little hint at the start. Say there's a a roll button, so I was like blocking stuff and jumping over things and all this sort of stuff when I could have just rolled past to avoid stuff. So I'm like, that's cool. <laughs> Don't you press all the buttons? Not always. <laughs> well, I mean, I did it in Bomb Chicken and I got bomb, 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 bomb. <laughs> so I, I was searching for anything. <laughs> yeah. Mm, what else did you um, try? Well, I decided to jump in and try... No Man's Sky again because I haven't touched that since launch. Okay, and you know they had their big next update, which you know they introduced third person view and multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Um, but jumping in, I completely forgot and like remembered as I jumped in that before that that was a one point five update. But back 
they did a 1.3 update, which is also free, called Atlas Rises. And that added, like, so much more stuff. That added, like, proper stories with, like, checkpoints and things. And it added base building. Um, and now they've, like, built that up so that you can build bases anywhere you want. And you can build them with friends. And you can have, like, these um, massive uh, freight ships that can wait for you outside of your favorite planets and you can send all your equipment up to them and they can have like other ships inside those and you can build like these huge like intergalactic community thing either on your own or with friends it's it's almost like um elite for dummies but Hmm. you know in 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 the most respectful way i just mean like a really simple beautiful version and they've sort of they've also um now in the 1.5 version up the graphics and all that a little bit as well, which is more like they've added more particles and more like trees and leaves. And there's not as many dead gross planets as they were when you first came in. And they've given the randomized creatures a bit of an overhaul so they don't all look so familiar. Okay. Um, so I jumped in. I really wanted to check it out on Xbox because uh, I've got the Xbox One X, but I don't have the PS4 Pro. Uh but I already owned it on PlayStation, so I thought, well, I'll just update it there and jump in. So I couldn't really tell much about the um, graphical upgrades. Uh, plus, I hear that on the Xbox, they have the option where you can choose, you know, uh, better performance or better visuals. Okay. And do all that and do like 60 frames or whatnot. Uh, so I did jump in and I had a play and I had a lot of fun, like just sort of following into the story and just getting lost in the mystery um, and just getting sucked in, like just forgetting all the crazy, weird overhype of this game and just kind of treating it like it is, which is kind of a meditative experience of enormous proportions with a bit of mystery and discovery. Hmm. Um, and when you think of it like that, it's actually like for an indie game, like this is an indie game. This is made by a really small team. And this thing is, I mean, it's just so hard for me to say it. But I I think it's bloody fantastic. I love it. And the downside is that I didn't get to try it with you because now uh, multiplayer is super easy. You have like teleports and you can just jump straight to your friends, uh, apparently, you know, and you can like do missions together. You can explore space together. You can find your favorite planets together and build like a base and you can build that base as big as you want. There's footage, I think, that IGN released of... um, uh, one of them trying to build a base as tall as they could, and they got all the way up into space. Wow. Uh, yeah, it took them ages because you have to figure out how to make stairs so you can climb and so you can build and reach things. But it just, they in the update, they said, we've changed it so that you can make bases as big as you want and build them wherever you want. And they're mm-hmm. like, all right, well, let's test it. And yeah, they, you know, blasted through the atmosphere with their base and you could literally see it from space. Um the flying is super smooth. Uh, also, yeah, the the spaceship looks unreal in third person. Yeah. Um, just a lot of fun because you still have to just do everything in first person, which is kind of cool. But seeing it out there, I, I can't even do it any other way. The dude looks really cool as well. It it makes you kind of realize you're a character and you're not oh. just on some like... Um, it, it makes it feel a lot less walking simulator. Yeah. Um, I really want to try it with you. It just... Last time it was just like so impossible. Well, it was actually impossible 
But they were saying even if you could see people, that there were no shortcuts. You'd have to try and discover them in this giant galaxy, which is almost a literal galaxy. Uh, but now they've just got like join friends, connect to friends, find friends, you know, straight away, easy, apparently. But I want to see what that's like. I spent a lot of hours on this game back when, you know, it first came out, when it was a steaming pile of poo, according to some people. But I um, I really enjoyed it. I found it a great place to listen to audiobooks and podcasts while you played <laughs> Because you're just discovering stuff and naming things. and um, Oh, yes, of course, before I finish, uh, what they should have done ages ago, but what they have now. I don't know if it was the 1.3 update or the recent one, but there's now a photo mode. Oh, here we go. So, bye. bye. Yeah, it was... I mean, this game, the even back when it was something everyone hated, the one thing everyone agreed on was it was visually stunning. It was gorgeous, yep. like a really cool art style. There was cool things you could see everywhere with like you'd land on a planet and there'd be like three other planets in the distance and two suns and moons and whatever so now with that and your plane flying through and you can pause it anywhere and filters and photo mode goodness like i was gone i loved it wow um but yeah so i don't know if it's just me but i think it's wonderful and it's even more wonderful now i recommend jumping in especially if you have friends just to try it don't hold me to that, though, but I'm just thinking if it's as good as it was what I experienced with friends, it's got to be a lot of fun. But I'll tell you that if uh, Kellen and I get to try it. That's No Man's Sky. Like, well, we've been smashing a lot of indie games these couple of weeks. Um, but the one that we wanted to talk about, we both actually tried, uh, which we decided to be the feature indie game of this episode, is Dead Cells. Uh, this one was published and developed by Motion Twin. Uh, and it is uh, like a side-scrolling, roguelike... Jeez, what would you say about this game? Okay, it's a uh, roguelike it's... Metroidvania game. So a roguelike game is, which I've looked up as well, is a subgenre of role-playing games categorized by a dungeon crawl that's procedural, uh, procedurally generated levels, meaning random yes. levels and permanent death of the player character. Yeah, like a really popular one was the uh, Binding of Isaac or mm -hmm. Enter the Gungeon. Those are... Uh, and the uh, Spelunky. Okay. Uh, I haven't played any of those. Really? <laughs> wow. Nope. Well, I mean, if you like Dead Cells, I imagine you'd like those. I personally haven't tried Spelunky, which is apparently a huge sin for gamers because that one's apparently really amazing. Maybe, maybe in Centric 3 we could have a look at it. Yeah, we've got to go way back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, but that. oh, Dead Cells. Like, this game's awesome. Like, I hadn't I heard it. anything about it, and suddenly, boom, Dead Cells is like, wow. Yeah, like, it's this game is so quick and fast and fun. It's a side scrolling game. Every time you die, you go back to the start. But it's not that bad because every time you go out there, you sort of. You get these dead cells that then you use to upgrade things, and then you, when you go back to the start, those upgrades stay. Yes, there's permanent upgrades, or you can unlock weapons. Yeah, which like, which become available in stores, or like there's like um, perks that say. So at the start of every run, they give you a ch you already have a sword, and then they give you a choice of whether you want a bow or a shield, which you can throw away as soon as you find another weapon out there. Uh, but you can find perks that say, like, okay, instead of this random shitty bow, uh, we will just randomly select one of the awesome blueprints that you've unlocked. Yep. 
and that's something that's permanent. So every time you die, you get to use like a, a different one. And then there's they have like these traps that you can find as well. Um, yep, traps. And then you can upgrade your health potions so you get more health potions, which yep. in a way lets you get further in the game because you can heal more, etc. Then you can unlock yep. new mutagens. And so at the end of every level, you get like a choice to add a new mut- uh, mutagen into your character, which is like these sort of like special things like you might get an extra life or you might have some more health, or if the enemy's burning, you might do extra damage to them, etc. And, and yeah, you have yeah. up to three mutagens on you. So there's a lot of customization on how you want to play. Like, I found I'd start tailoring tailoring my mutagens to the random weapons I'd find while playing the game. Ah, uh, okay. I was a traps man. I wanted a faster well, like a reload time after using your stuff. Yeah, I found that I would choose that or I'd go grenades. I'd go to faster grenades if I found more grenades. Ah, uh, yep. Depending on, on what, yeah, when I was going through what I'd find, because you find random items all the time. And it's like, oh, cool. I got a great, you know, I got a legendary version of a fire grenade. I guess I'm going to go um, grenades now because this grenade's too good to pass up. Yeah, yeah, of course. So then you might want to try and find a, or, or you can, there's little shops in the game that you can find and you can get like a frost grenade as well. So then you sort of pair them up for like double carnage. Yeah. And you can use two of the same stuff, like two grenades or two traps. If you have two of the like yep. um, disc throwing traps, you just chuck them both there and they just clear the no, way for you. No, you, you, you put down a beautiful one is the, uh, the bear trap one with yeah. uh, the saw blade trap. Yes. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, my gosh, they work hand in hand beautifully. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when you get like an upgraded bear trap and you, they throw out two at once and when they catch an enemy, you do double damage. So then when the sword trap is throwing things at them, you just watch from a distance eating yep. popcorn. Just and then like, you, you put that with like the um, the ability like that when they're bleeding, they take extra damage, like the mutagen on that and then the damage goes yes. up. It, there's a lot of fun going on there sort of thing. With there is. That. There's so much you can do and like... It's such a fast game, but it's like, it's not, it sounds like there's too much to handle, but it's really um, delivered really fluidly. So you can really understand and get a grip of what's going on. Yeah. It's, it, it, the controls are really slick, moves so well. And then you get bonuses if you get through areas in a really quick time as well. Yeah. So, but you don't have to go for that. I've actually almost found that it's better to go a bit slower and clear out the whole dungeon because I felt like I'd got more cells at the end of it than just rushing for like the the extra bonus. Ah, uh, okay. That, that's how I found it. I've actually I've actually finished the game. I got through the whole thing. Um, nice. Uh, last night I finally did it. After I reckon it's taken me about thirty attempts or so to get through it, and I got close wow. a couple of times. But yeah, remember one death and boom, you are back at the start of the game. Yeah. Wow, that's uh, insane. And, and they have a counter. There's a guy there that keeps your stats and he counts how many times you finished the game, what's your quickest time you did it in. Yep. So, so they give you a lot of replayability. I, I did the whole game the first time in 59 minutes. Nice. I almost did it again today. I got really close, but messed it up right at the end. I think it was about 53, 54. But that's me taking oh. my time and clearing out the whole level. Like you could rush short easily in half that time, I reckon. Wow, oh man! And I, I mean, the art style is is gorgeous. It's that kind of like pixelated art, but it's animated so beautifully. And all the characters, like you know, that you run into are just quirky, cool designs. Your character has a lot of like, like he's really cool. He looks like a ninja samurai type 
dude, but he's um he's also really funny. Like there's a lot of like humor in yeah, his he animations. Makes a lot of like little jokes to himself, like in text jokes and things. Yeah, and just like even yeah, like when you're knocking at the door and he's like, "Oh, what's going on?" and he shrugs and you know, he acts acts real cool. I don't know, there's something there's a real swagger about him which I really like. It's a little bit 90s, but a little yeah. bit cool. Um I love I love that like and there's even like to the point of the humor and the style of the game, you, you can go into options and there's a section that's called diet and you can choose vegetarian or um uh metroidvania and if you choose metroidvania it changes all the um cuz you can find little food items all around and those like just boost your hp mm. um and if you choose metroidvania it turns them all into cakes <laughs> and um old chickens cuz that's what it used to be in those games or you can say vegetarian and it's like bowls of fruit and salad i didn't know that that's carnival. hilarious yeah, yeah, just go in the options, man, and just look at, I, I, the, you know, they've just got, like, sound, uh, controls, and then diet. And I'm like, diet? What's this? And it says there that these changes are only, like, visual. They don't yeah. do anything. It's just what the food looks like that you pick up. And I was like, well, there's vegan, vegetarian, and, like, all these funny, weird, different things in it. Yeah, So nice. I, I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um, well, it, is, it is seriously a fun and addictive game. Like, you'll go through and do a run... And you might die 10 minutes and you go, I'll do another one. And then you might die 12 minutes and you go, I might do another one. Like, Yeah, there's so much you can change. It, it, it's Like, a, do things it, differently. Yeah, because every time you're going through, you're normally getting different weapons and things. And you might change your playstyle. Like, on the playstyle that I finished it, the majority of the run, I, I went for this... Well, I didn't mean to, but it just the way that the um, items came out. I ended up with, like, this little flamer. And then, like, fire grenades, and I just set pretty much everything on fire, and everywhere my dude would would run would be on fire, and every time I crashed wow. down somewhere would be on fire, and I now had the um, ability, the mutagen, that you do extra damage to everyone that's on fire. So, it was like a full fire build, which I wasn't even planning on running, and it's just how it turned out. And I changed the, my main weapon right near the end, because I found something that just had so much more DPS. Yep. With it. Um, but yeah, it, for majority of it, I was just running this ridiculous fire build and all the bosses up towards the end, I was just destroying like something fierce. Wow. Yeah. Like it was just a no challenge. Like this one boss where I'd had a couple of attempts, um, and I was using the traps with him and it just, I'd get so close to beating this boss and I'd die and I was just it got frustrating because I felt like I could do it. Anyway, I go on this other run and I went in with this fire build, but I also had like a frost grenade too. And just with that combination, I just absolutely annihilated this boss. I think I healed maybe once, maybe not even that. And just ripped wow. it to pieces. It was so satisfying. Damn. That's so cool. Like these kind of situations that can keep happening like sometimes i'll run into like medium bosses and they'll just like destroy me i'll get so frustrated not, not bosses but enemies oh and then elite other enemies. Runs, well like ones that aren't even elite you know sometimes you just run into like kind of strongish ones and they smash you but then on other runs you'll just mow through even the elites because you're just everything's clicking and you're just getting it and you have these like really smooth runs i just love how like each run even if they're quick and you're like die try again it's like 
you can just completely change how the game fundamentally feels just by like your different options and going like, all right, I'm going to parry everything and get yeah. a super good shield. And all right, this time no parries. I'm just going to whip things and use my bow and arrows. And like, I just, I, it's so cool. I, I mean, we sound like we're gushing, but it's because we are. I can't, I literally cannot kind of find like, a downside of this game, like I'd say it's the repetition, but it's uh, part of the design. I, w- I would have liked maybe more bosses. Oh, obviously I'm never a boss man. I've always uh, been a level yeah. man. Yeah, I probably yeah, would have liked some more bosses. And then also the paths do branch off in the game. Yeah. Um, and, but, and it sort of rejoins back up. I would have maybe liked to see a bit, some more branching off as well. Uh, that's probably about it, really. Yeah, nice. Those are some pretty good small yeah. tidbits, you know, like... Yeah. That's amazing. I, the art style just won me like straight away. Like the opening menu screen is just, I was like, oh, okay. Hello. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess the only other little knock I have on on the Switch version, there is a bit of frame rate droppage. Oh, okay. Yeah. Especially when the screen gets very busy and there's enemies everywhere and you're putting fire on everyone. And, and yeah, it, it, the, the uh, frame rate has dropped on me quite a bit. Uh, all right, I haven't really felt that. Maybe I wasn't. I haven't been in such insane situations yet. Yeah, um, but other than that, no. It's 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 a it's an awesome awesome game. If you if you like your indies, um, go check out Dead Cells. It's you know, yeah, yeah, it's, and it's you know, a, if you're it's not a even great game, yeah, if you're not like an indie player, I guess if you like castlevania if you like metroid if you like even mega man x like the yeah. challenge i like it too because it's it's quite hard but it's fair it's, it's a very fair. fair game yeah yeah and, and like the challenge feels good like it feels like a good workout you know like you're yep. really getting what you put in and if you just concentrate if you kind of like sidetracked you're not going to do well but if you just actually think about all the moves you're making and the strategies it's just so much fun and it's this beautiful addictive cycle yeah, so, and it's um, just it's just so easy to just pick up and play whenever. If you had to review this one, Callan, what score would you give it? Uh, I'd probably give it a nine. Yeah. I, I'd see, give it quite quite a high score. It's um it's kept my attention all the way to the end, just going through it over and over again. Yeah. And then I, even after I rolled I'd credits right on it, there. I've gone back and tried to do it again. Yeah, because you want to do it like better or faster or different. I just, and, yeah, well, I got a really cool weapon at the end that I wanted to try out. So I'm like, eh. So good. Yeah, I'd, I'd be in the high nines as well. I didn't really write anything down for it um, officially, but um, God, it'd be right up there. Because like I said, I, I mean, I haven't finished it myself. So, you know, I can't, I probably can't say as much as I want to, but um, I just... I couldn't find anything that I didn't like about it. I loved it. I was out, you know, all day today and just thinking like, man, I want to play some Dead Cells. Yeah. I haven't felt like that about a game in a long time. Oh, it's a, it's an excellent, excellent game. Like Motion Twin have made an awesome product here. Like it, it's so enjoyable. Yep, definitely. These Motion Twin dudes, um, one to watch. Yeah, uh, if sure. there's a Dead Cells 2, I'll be picking up straight away. Oh yeah, Insta Buy. Yep. Um, but yeah, well, that was... That was Dead Cells, ladies and gentlemen. And so, that's all the games we've been playing, but that's not the end of our indie-centric topics. We are going to jump into games of our lives. Like sands through the hourglass, so is 
so are the games of our lives. We've been doing our favorite game from every system we've ever owned. But this episode, um, Callan had a good idea and decided let's go with what is the favorite indie game we've ever owned. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Callan, uh, would you like to do the honors? Yeah, sure. Uh, mine is Ori and the Blind Forest. Came out in 2015, is on um, Xbox and PC, and is just a glorious, beautiful, side scrolling Metroidvania game with a, a high degree of difficulty in some parts but it is an awesome awesome game i love it and i can't wait for part two which i'm not counting as an indie because now microsoft owns the studio moon um yes. so they're under the microsoft studios banner now but um yeah the original ori was just awesome and i can't wait for part two next year dang that is that is a gorgeous game um mine came out a year after that and was my game of the year that year, and it's Inside. Developed and published by Playdead, the guys who made Limbo, uh, another fantastic game. Uh, Inside is just, um, I mean, if you haven't heard of it by now, it's uh, its a side-scrolling, sort of, kind of spooky, eerie adventure. It is just this beautiful, it's got puzzles, like really sort of mind-bending puzzles, and its it's mostly just about, like, Oh, just you can't really you talk about what it's about without spoiling anything. Yeah, it's it's more story driven. You know, yeah. you don't upgrade your character or things. So it's puzzles and story, and it's the atmosphere of the game, and and the art is just incredible. And it was my favorite game of 2016. So, um, yeah, Inside, what cool. a game, what an indie. Um, nice. I was, and I was going to say earlier too, like, you know how we're saying that AAA and AA games are really taking away, like indie influences into their games but it's so funny that even some indies are the opposite where you think like is this even an indie things like no No man's sky is just such a huge and then like like the game journey that's clearly an indie game that was nearly my favorite as well but yeah journey is pretty pretty special it's been nominated for a like i think a grammy for the music in it Mm -hmm. like it's just and you're like, how are these indies? How are these independent little games? But like, some of them are just so huge and amazing that you're like, you're just not sure. And they have like, they blur the lines. Like, I mean, was that game? You remember that game, Amnesia? Was that an indie? Uh, I'm not sure. And, that, and that's what I mean. Like, there's so many I'm not sure's nowadays because of these like crazy, crazy thinkers. But yeah, hmm. really cool. Um, those are our favorites. But we also asked our passengers um, on the Facebook, uh, our listeners, what yes, their favorite passengers was. participation section, I'm now calling it, because now we're, they're sometimes asking us things and we're sometimes asking them. So it's our passengers' participation in the uh, podcast. Oh, I, I, I love that. Um, just saying that, passengers' participation. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and did you have that there with you? Uh, yes, I did. Right. So, yeah, pretty much we said... You know, what is your all-time favorite indie game? So we had a bunch of people write in. Uh, Brendan Hawkins wrote in. He said Golf Story. Great little game nice. by all the developers. Yeah, that's that was up there with one of my most favorite indie games I've played, I think. Yeah, that's a great call. Um, ben Schuster wrote in and said Cave Story. Oh, um, wow, yeah. I have not played Cave Story, but 
Ben's write-up, and here's Ben's write-up, he said, with the production, design, story, soundtrack, and gameplay all by a single person, uh, it doesn't get much better than this. Uh, orig originally free to download, it's now being ported to plenty of different consoles, and he said he's played it on each one. Uh, an emotive story, tight platforming and shooting, and gorgeous pixel art. Uh, he said it will, it's it's probably an um, inspiration for many indie developers. Wow. Big calls. Mm. Cave story. Yeah. Um, nice. I'm going to have to try that sometime. Uh, Reef, our resident question man, uh, he said Hollow Knight. He said he's just started playing it, but he's, he's, he's loving it so far. Wow, so he's just started playing it, and he's calling it his favorite. Reef, that's a big call, man. That he is must a big be call. really head over heels. Yep. Um, Caden Archer said FIFA. I wouldn't say FIFA's name. Just skip Caden Archer's name. <laughs> yep. Let's... <laughs> yep. Thanks, Caden. Yep, thanks for that. Uh, Josh Enner wrote in and said Braid. Again, I haven't played Braid. Oh, Braid is an incredible game. Yeah. I just recently played it again on backwards compatible backwards compatible on the xbox because i just saw it there and was like oh yeah i remember this was incredible yep he's um, from the um, point oh. click uh podcast by the way josh enner so just saying oh, hello nice hello yep. hello um andrew natoli from the inconsolables he said hollow knight is his favorite a couple of hollow knights oh. bouncing around there yeah winning hearts mm -hmm. uh paul davison asked what an indie game is um, we, we, well, we sort of put it in earlier in the episode, sort of for those people that didn't quite know. So you're welcome. Yep. Rock and roll. Yep. And, uh, Mark Thomas wrote in or Mark Santo, our, uh, one of our, uh, fill-ins when Carl's away. And again, thanks for Mark for that. Uh, ah, last time he said definitely the Steamworld series. He said he fell in love with dig one and dig two was sublime. Oh, I I never played the first one, but part two was just Part two was awesome. great. Part two was really yeah. fun. What yeah. a game, hey? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, there's some solid indie games out there. Like, you could just play indie games and be satisfied, I reckon. Yeah, absolutely. There's You know, there's one I've really wanted to play that I've, I've heard so many people talk about. I'm pretty sure it's an indie game. It's Undertale. Grand Theft Auto Five. Yeah, that one as well. Yep. Um, But yeah, Undertale. Have you heard about that oh, one? Oh, yes. Yes, that's that text-based adventure one. Yeah, I really want to play that. So many people are saying, like, it made them laugh and cry and feel and it's funny and it's just, like, well-written and, you know, it's aware of itself and all these crazy... And I've never jumped in, so hmm. I really, really want to... We definitely have to do IndieCentric 3 and just make it old games <laughs> that we should have played by now. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty like much Spelunky. what it's going to be like. So we've got Spelunky and Undertale so far for Part 3 next year. Yep. Correct. And I'd imagine part three will be around the same time because we did part one around the same time last year. So it feels like it's that nice time to do the indies before all the big ones start rolling out soon. And it's like during that little lull after E3 as well. Yeah. yeah. So it's a nice time to sort of go into indie mode, I feel. Sort of, True that. You, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. Dead Cells was almost like one of the greatest palate cleansers I've ever played. We, we oh, talk about palate cleansers and just sort of just you know, chilling out from everything. I felt Dead Cells is like bang on for that. It so is. And it's like, it's not like one of those slow builds, like you just get right in that game. Yep. Like it's, mm -hmm. From the very start, you're like, okay, killing, shooting, shooting, killing, jumping, jumping. Like, whoa, okay, I'm in. It's, it's yep. happening. Mm -hmm. Nice. 
Wow. Um, well, that was a lot of indie stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, that is heading towards the end of this episode, which brings us to our three trains, the lame train, the love train, and the hype train. And as always, we're going to start with the lame train. Uh, Mr. Davison. All right. So this is actually comes back to Dead Cells again. Oh, yes. But not the game. About a review that was written about the game. So the yes, other day, indeed. a review popped up on IGN saying how great Dead Cells was. Awesome. Well, it turns out that whole video review was plagiarized from a YouTuber out there. The IGN um, staff writer has obviously listened to this other guy's um, video review and taken a bunch of the words, just sort of, just didn't even really go to that much effort to change much of it around and published it as his own work. Yeah, the original guy is from Boomsticks, we should say. Hey? I was saying the original was from Boomsticks, we should say. Oh, Boomsticks did the original, yes. Yes. Um, This guy from IGN, why would you do that? Like, this guy's now being fired from IGN, right? So he's lost one of the greatest jobs in gaming you can have, being a game reviewer at IGN, which would be no easy feat to get into. And you've just thrown it out the window. So true. And like, for, like, for such a great game too. It's it wasn't. It's not like it's a chore. I mean, I'm sure they're so busy with playing games and stuff. But Dead Cells is well, such a pleasure to play, and you get to play. Go plagiarizing like that, and then get caught for it because this guy um, Boomsticks made a YouTube video saying, "What should I do about it?" And now, yeah, then IGN found out about it, and then they fired this guy and. People are harassing him on Twitter and all this about it. Don't plagiarize. Yeah. And I mean, I feel sorry for, you know, whoever was reading uh, the review as well, because he's getting a lot of flack. But unfortunately, in those bigger sort of companies, not everyone knows what's going on. And he'll just get handed a script and be like, all right, well, this is the review. And he'll just read it. And like, you no, know, no, no, he wrote this himself. Oh, the, the guy who read it. Yeah. Oh, wow. He plagiarized this other guy. Oh, see, I, I thought they it was a different writer. No, 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 oh, no, 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 no. His name's under the byline. It's his work. Oh, no. Mm. So it was his first video review as well, and he's gone. Wow, that was quick. Yeah. Now, he might have been doing other, like, you know, other pieces for them, but this was his first video review set on Twitter, and yeah. Um, nice way to mess up an, an amazing opportunity like that. Like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, there you go. Fired. That's, that, that's my lame train. Why, why mess up something like that? That's so true. And also, uh, worth mentioning, um, check out Boomstick Gaming because they're obviously, you know, one of the little guys. And if IGN thinks their work is good enough to copy and try and sell as their own, well, at least one writer from there, yep. uh, then, you know, these guys might have some pretty cool little things. And if anything, hopefully something as lame as this can bring out some, um, you know, some knowledge of little dudes like this releasing obviously good work. Mm-hmm. So, you know, check out Boomstick Gaming and um, if you're into game reviews and stuff and see what they've got on there and maybe support the little guys. My lame train is that uh, mine's quite simple. It's it's not quite as hardcore as that one. Uh, I was, you know, on tour 
last episode I wasn't here. So I had my Switch with me, which was amazing. Uh, but, you know, I got to play that a bit and on and off and a lot of traveling. But I finally got home and I was just like missing, just sitting down on the couch and playing the console. So, And then when I got home, there was like two or three days of just constant work. So I couldn't touch it even still then. And then like finally, three days later, after like two weeks of touring, I sat down. I was like, finally, I'm going to have a shower and play some games, turn on my games and everything absolutely everything i wanted to play needed updates <laughs> like there funny. was nothing i could play within like the next five hours even i just wanted to jump in and play um no man's sky you know yep. for for this episode and it was like yep you have to download this it's gonna take nine hours i'm like what because no. i i hadn't turned on no man's sky since launch so i had everything to get and i was like oh fine i'll just jump onto destiny so many updates. I'm like, oh. So I ended up just playing my Switch. Yep. Again, like I had been doing the whole time. Mm-hmm. So, um, and last episode, that Switch was my love train. So this is why, for moments like this. Yep. But yeah, that's my lame train. All right. I couldn't even play that. But um, yeah, love train. Cameron. Callan. Cameron. That's a new name for you. Hello. All right, Hello. so um, I mine's pretty easy. I'm going to keep with the indie theme. Uh, I've been loving just playing indie games, having that palate cleanse. As, as I said just before, that's pretty much what I said my love train early. But um, yeah, the palate cleanse before the big rush of the big games. It was just nice and relaxing, you know, just to play. You know, I played four different titles over this time. It was good fun. Nice. Um, funny, because my love train is right there with the indies as well. And like yourself, I spoke about it earlier in this episode. And my love train is this new, very obvious, very big return of the indies. Um, it, there was this huge indie boom during the 360, 360 era when they were doing like live arcade games. You know, back in the Xbox Live Arcade. And they had like, um, what did the Summer of Arcade and Winter of Arcade uh, and they had this all these like really cool indie games like Braid and like Explosion Man just popping up from everywhere and it was amazing and then it kind of seemed to die down PlayStation really tried to pick up the pieces you know and, and then they, they do like ID at Xbox but then when the Switch came it's like it was like just a gold rush it was huge and everyone was jumping on and and suddenly, like, because people were unsure before the Switch came out whether this was going to be any good because the Wii and Wii U and so on and so forth. But then as soon as they were like, wait, this thing is incredible for indies, like side-scrolling games, little pixelated adventures, all those kind of like puzzle games, just on the go. What a perfect console for it. I'm so glad this huge rise is coming back. Bring it on. Awesome. Um, yeah, that's my love train. Uh, hype train, ladies and gentlemen. The last train of the episode. To leave the station. Hype train. All right, Callan, how you feeling? Yep, okay. Right. I'll set the scene. Tuesday. Here we go. 8 a.m. I sit down at my desk. Coffee in hand. This is next Tuesday, by the way, not Tuesday, just gone. Coffee in hand. I double-click the little icon on my desktop. World of Warcraft. That's right. 
Battle for Azeroth launches Tuesday at 8 a.m. <laughs> I'm in. I'm straight in there. Right in. Actually, I'll oh, be. It'd be more like quarter to eight that I'll be sitting here, and I'll be sitting there waiting for it on the bottom of the screen to say, "And Battle for Azeroth is now live," and I just start running at the new new content. Yep. Oh man! Yeah, there I'm, it is. I, I'm I'm on there. It's, it's like I don't even have to do an all nighter. I'm doing an all day because normally it would launch at about in the past. They've launched at midnight. They've launched at six p.m. There've been all these weird times. This is the first morning one. So good. This you is just bizarre, took the day off. but this, this is hilarious at the same time. Oh, man. Oh, that's You are going to love that. I know. I'm going to call you all day that day. Sorry? I'm going to call you all day that's that cool. day. That's cool. My phone will be on silent. <laughs> I'm going to email you. I'm going to send you letters, parcels, I just empty boxes. I don't care how I won't answer the door. <laughs> I'm going to send you Uber Eats, pizzas. I'm going to spend a fortune. Send me free food. That's cool. I'll accept free food. If like someone's like on the door like, hello, Uber Eats. I'll be like, oh yeah, I'll get free food. That's cool. I don't even have to think about ordering the food. It comes to me. Yeah, but it's going to be a make your own rice paper rolls with all the ingredients. <laughs> don't care. I'll just eat all the ingredients separately. <laughs> oh, yuck. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like the basil leaves. Just yum, yep. yum, yum, yum. Yep. Yep. I'll be just, yep. Now be, it's Warcraft time, people. It's Warcraft. Battle for Azeroth. It is coming. That's what I'm hyped uh, about. I can feel this. The hype is real. Yeah, yeah. So you might have to find All a right. new new co-host for like the next year. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> careful, mate. Be careful in there, in that world of Warcraft. You'll get fat and lonely. It's that good. Right. Well, my hype train... Is one that... World of Warcraft, Battle for Azeroth? Nearly. My hype train, ladies and gentlemen, was going to be that We Happy Few is coming out tomorrow. However, to be honest, it's still (laughs) Spider-Man. Okay. (laughs) I'm I'm so excited for Spider-Man. I I jumped in randomly uh, into um, Sunset Overdrive just the other day again just because I was hyped for Spider-Man just to get the feel and the vibe of it and it just got me so excited like Insomniac is so good at this kind of thing and I'm so excited what they do with like a known um, you know thing like a known product an existing franchise like Spider-Man and how they take someone else's story and character and put their Insomniac magic in it so yeah I can't wait man I'm so excited that's my hype train. Very nice. So yeah, not World of Warcraft Battle for Azeroth? Oh, uh, you know, that too. I've got it tattooed on my forehead. That's cool. Uh, are we reviewing that one next week, sir? Ah, uh, that's a big that's a big call. <laughs> so, um what we are actually reviewing next week is We Happy next, Few. Next time. Next time I should say, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, is We Happy Few. That will be out tomorrow or today if you're listening, Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it looks super duper interesting. So there's some multiplayer in there. There's some single player. We're going to try and jump in and um, have a look-see and tell you what we reckon. Nice. But um, that is the end of our episode, guys. Uh, you know, if you've got any questions to ask us or if you want to see what questions we're asking you, jump onto our Facebook, which is facebook.com slash gametrainpodcast um, or our website, there's a little questions thing right at the bottom of the homepage, which is just gametrainpodcast.com. 
Uh, yeah, so jump on the website if you've got any questions for us or Facebook. Uh, we also have our um, Instagram, which is just at Game Train Podcast. So jump on there uh, if you want to check it out. Uh, but yeah, that's that's everything. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, thank you. This has been Game Train. Game Train.